Welcome to Unconscious. This is episode 32, pioneering research in the skin immunity connection, an interview with Geraldine Giorgio. Welcome to Unconscious. I'm your host, Liz Cook, functional nutritionist and founder of One Seed Organic Perfumes. Today we're focusing on the human microbiome, more specifically the skin microbiome, and how we can elevate our wellness and immunity by taking care of the skin in a way you may not have considered before. My guest today is Geraldine Giorgio, an accredited practicing dietitian, director of designer diets and author of the Australian Healthy Skin Diet, and one of Australia's leading experts in the human microbiome. As director of Designer Diet's private clinics, Geraldine specialises in hormone and skin conditions, along with expertise in areas like gastrointestinal health and inflammation. She's an experienced media commentator and has appeared on Channel 7 and served as chief dietitian for SBS's The Food Investigators and contributed to print publications and acted as a spokesperson for the Celiac Society and Gut Foundation Council. Today, Geraldine and I discuss the importance of an outside-in and inside-out approach to microbiome health and how to nourish and protect our body's defence systems in both directions. Good skin health and diverse gut microbiome go hand in hand. So there's an intimate relation between the skin and the gut microbiome. It's influenced not only by the environment we live in, but also by each other. So let's jump in. Geraldine, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really, really excited to discuss this particular topic with you because as far as I can see, nobody's really delving down this rabbit hole today. So I'm super, super glad to have you on board. This specific episode is focused around the skin microbiome, but we need to first understand the basic concepts around what microbiomes actually are and the work that's been done in this area so far. So can you explain what's meant by the term microbiome and why in recent years there's been a strong focus on understanding microbiomes as they relate to human health and disease? It's such a growing area. The term microbiome refers to the community of microorganisms, including bacteria, viruses, fungi, and other microorganisms that inhabit a particular environment or organism, in the case us. Mm -hmm. Now, in the context of human health, the microbiome refers to the collection of microorganisms that reside in the human body, and these microorganisms can particularly be abundant in the gastrointestinal tract, but they also exist on the body region, such as the skin, the mouth, and the respiratory system. Now, it's a bit like a chicken and the egg situation because we don't always know for certain whether the dysbiosis, which is imbalance, causes disease or actual disease causes dysbiosis. But what we do know is that you'll find one with the other. And so, for example, if people have rosacea, for example, you're more likely to have even displacement in the lining of your bowels. So you might have inflammatory processes, Crohn's, celiac, uh, intestinal permeability, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, irritable bowel, helicobacterial pylori, and these can all lead to intestinal damage, uh, including the dermatitis pediformis, which is a, a bubbly sort of blister-type rash that can occur from part of the celiac journey for many, and so eating gluten can also then be damaging. So providing the best dietetic nutritional advice for these gut health conditions will essentially improve overall skin health as well, and it's essential to work with your medical specialists as well. 
So then in recent years, there's been a strong focus on these microbiomes and it's really sort of evolved. I'd, I'd say I've been a dietitian for nearly 30 years and I, I should make it less now because you don't want to. <laughs> That's right. Well, are, are you, were you 14 when you started? <laughs> and so interestingly, um, if you summarise the impact of understanding microbiomes, it impacts your human health. So we do think about gut health first. But let's think about immune systems, metabolism, brain, and skin. And imbalances in the microbiome or ACA gut dysbiosis, so we've all got a new word, dysbiosis. This means associated a wide range of health issues, as mentioned, the IBD, allergies, skin conditions. I see a lot of patients with psoriasis, eczema, hives, and even acne. So advancements in testing the microbiome, it's like looking into a crystal ball or your fingerprint. And technology advances in DNA and sequencing has made it much easier to actually look for these microbiomes. And we can do a lot more study in this area as well. Personalised medicine, so the study of these microbiomes can actually help out approach dietetically, but also medically. And then there's these therapeutic potentials. And I'm sure you've heard about FMT, which is the fecal microbiota transplantation yeah. antibiotics. And these can be utilised to also help support or even transform our microbiome and then we've got environmental and dietary factors so this is what, how we live in our skin so the human microbiome can be influenced by diet lifestyle and exposure example antibiotics and understanding how these factors impact the microbiome can really give us insight on how we can get a healthy strategy to help manage our microbiome yeah, it's incredible because, you know, we, we talk about one concept being microbiome, but as you're delving into that, and obviously a lot of people are listening are going to be practitioners, but a lot are going to be non-prackies and just everyday people. It's such a huge, huge area. And I think anybody like yourself who's um, who's delving into microbiome ends up specializing because it's like there's never-ending research and never-ending rabbit holes you can dive down. And as you say, with new technology able to really um, bear down into the nitty-gritty of what's going on, it's such a huge area for exploration. And there's so much untapped here that we can understand about this particular, these environments in our body and how they impact health and disease. So, I mean, we're going to talk a bit specifically today about a bit of a back to front concept that people aren't um, yet aware of. Um, but yeah, for anybody who is interested in looking more into uh, improving their health. Absolutely, gut microbiome is, is a place to start, which is, you know, you're kind of like the Australian expert in this field. So it's awesome to have you on. Can you specifically, before we go down some rabbit holes, um, talk about what's your area of specialty and how did that become the focus of your work? Yeah, well, my journey started in the gastro wards back at um, in a teaching tertiary hospital in Sydney. And my experience, I started realising if we can understand the disease process of people, like you don't just get people or patients with one condition. They're often having conditions, for example, Crohn's, psoriasis. They may have uh, celiac dermatitis pediformis, as I mentioned before. And it made me realise rather than seeing patient in bed number three, and looking at the, the end point of disease and even cancers and looking at even different routes of feeding, what if we can really grasp prevention? So in my journey, I started becoming very interested. I was on the board of the Gut Foundation with uh, the late Professor Terry Bolan and being able to help nourishing and what nutritional 
uh, eating plans that are suitable for different gut health diseases, for example, like diverticular, Crohn's, osteoclitis, celiac, simply reflux, IBS. But as time went along, more research was coming along and I thought, you know what, I think I need to work in the area of designing eating plans that are right for people where they are in their life cycle. So women's health, men's health, children, growth, development. So if you think of every person that you might meet, hormones, weight, bowels, skin, inflammation, these are all conditions that I'm asked upon every day mm-hmm. and the link is what is your gut doing? Yeah. And then from there, then what about your hormones and metabolic health and disease? And so it started make, making me think, well, you know what? More time is spent more in the preventative space and there's so many more tools in my basket these days than the 90s. And so working alongside specialists and working in a multidisciplinary team is where I like to live. Amazing. That's so good. Let's go and talk specifically about, uh, well, we hear a lot about the gut microbiome and most people are now aware of the benefits of like uh, probiotic supplements and foods and even prebiotics, which most people are starting to understand um, how, you know, those feed the the good bacteria, etc. But how do pre and probiotics actually improve microbiomes and influence health and disease? Yeah, so there's no blanket rule or single product alone that is the best probiotic. A number of times I get people asking, well, what would you recommend me to take, Geraldine? And I'll go, <laughs> I don't know what your body's doing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so now we can find out what your body's doing. So it's about those ratios of very, spe- very, very species rather than the number of bacteria in your gut. So it's more not does not equal better, meaning that some people could do more harm if they were to take more of something than the other. Yes. Really understanding that the random probiotic off the shelf, what if we look at how we're nourishing or feeding our species in our gut microbiome hand in hand? And this could, um, will be a much better approach because if you just take a random thing, you might be setting yourself up for bloating, gas, diarrhea, skin problems and all these things that we're trying to fix in the first place and now going backwards. So knowing the different strains that appear in your gut microbiome is very important. And some studies have also found various probiotics have been shown to be beneficial for psoriasis, dermatitis and acne and that are anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial and immune system modulating. All lactobacillus and bifidobacterium strains of bacteria appear to have a beneficial anti-inflammatory effect on skin cells. And so taking that together while we're fixing the back end, if I say, yes, uh, together with, uh, and that's where food comes in, uh, nourishing is really important. So probiotics can also play a role in leaky gut and reducing inflammation and strengthening the mucosal barrier. There's this thing that I learned only just not that long ago where different species may chomp you up and may end up uh, degrading your mucin layer rather than choosing fibre. So knowing diversity i know it's incredible so if we can then support your mucin layer that would actually help reduce this intestinal permeability to start with and lactobacilli in both topical formulations interestingly directly on the skin may also help restore healthy skin microbiome too so mm-hmm. outside in inside out and the role probiotics and prebiotics work hand in hand you are what your gut bugs eat yeah, that's that's great because you aren't just what you eat, you're what your gut bugs eat. I love that. That, that. that goes so much deeper, doesn't it? 
<laughs> and so if prebiotics are the substrate that feeds our microbiome, these are non-digestible fibres that come from vegetables, particularly starchy vegetables. Like one of my favourite vegetables, have a wild guess, what do you think it is? Mm, yams. No, potato. <laughs> what, what is it? Potato. Oh, potato. Hang on a second. Potato. And isn't that interesting because everybody says, don't eat potatoes, it's I, white. Oh. I, but doesn't that turn you inside out? It doesn't it? But so we know Full of vitamin C, but we classify them as, you know, chips and, and white bread. They're not the same yeah. thing. And funny enough, um, one of my favourite dishes is um, the um, cooked, cooled potatoes, Greek food. And so if we know that these substrates from uh, these starches that we call resistant starches that can then produce butyrate, butyrate then actually feeds good your good microbiome and stimulates even that mu- mucus production, which is our protective barrier to the outside world. So in simple terms, uh, we should look at a balanced eating plan. And yes, we're going to know fibre, total fibre and type of fibre that would also help support our bugs to benefit a healthy gut. Okay. So let's just take that back to layman's terms then. If if I say to um, to somebody to take probiotics or to mm-hmm. eat prebiotics, what exactly in layman's terms is the difference? Yeah. So the prebiotics are the non-digestible fibres from foods and these are a substrate that feed the good bugs in our gut. If we look at probiotics, probiotics are the species of bacteria that can be consumed and can have a pro-benefit, pro-anti-inflammatory benefit. But once again, what what do you need? Because at the same time, if you don't feed them, they won't hang around. It's like yeah. a, guest, a guest in your house. <laughs> if you <haven't> yeah. got- <laughs> that could also be a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Let's... We're focusing specifically today on the skin microbiome. So let's sort of head to this area because we're releasing actually today, but the podcast will be um, released the next day. So today being the 15th when we're recording this, we are just launching now a probiome hand and body wash. And this was developed to take care of the skin microbiome with a view to enhancing our health and wellness and not just improving the quality of the skin. So quite a different concept in skincare. We know that our skin is the first line of defense, but what's not yet understood is the way that attending to the health of our skin can actually impact the health downstream by the way it affects our immune system. So this is quite a new concept for most people. Um, Healthy skin actually directly affects many immune functions, and it's the reverse scenario of what is usually the focus when it comes to skin and immunity, which is that inside-out approach, obviously very important, but this one is so far a missing piece. So it's not a topic that's yet being discussed widely, even in practitioner networks, as you and I know, but there is some emerging and significant research being done in this field, and the murmurs are definitely starting. You and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and it's really exciting what's emerging. In, in doing the research for this episode, I've also discovered that the skin, which I had no idea about when I was um, coming up with the concept of a probiome skincare um, range as an extension to our range, but in doing research a bit deeper for this episode, I discovered that the skin has a huge concentration of 
T cells. I, did you know that already? Because you, you, you know a million things more than me. <laughs> that kind of was mind blowing to me. So one of the richest concentration of T cells, these types of immune cells in our body is specifically in the skin. Um, and the role of these particular cells is to cause a faster and more potent immune response. What's your understanding of the skin microbiome and immune relationship and how it works in both directions? So I think I think the interesting thing, like, and it's so exciting to hear that you're looking at outside in and looking at the defense system of our body. Now, Italian gastroenterologist, Dr. Alessio Fasciano, have you heard of him? I haven't actually. Well, he in 2000 said, 2010 said the gut is not Las Vegas. What happens in the gut does not stay in the gut. So <laughs> fact, <laughs> there is growing body evidence to show the gut is the axis on which the rest of our health and skin pivots. So managing our diet to feed the right balance of good bacteria in the gut enables a cascade of signals to support the healthy skin. So when you go back to T-cells, we want to signal our defense system to be there to protect us from the outside world. So good skin health and diverse gut microbiome go hand in hand. So there's an intimate relation between the skin and the gut microbiome. It's influenced not only by the environment we live in, but also by each other. So like I've been mentioning, we're talking about supporting our healthy gut and microbiome with, as there's trillions of bacterial microorganisms that regulate our digestion, immune function, human, and the hormone production within. So if our microbiome's not working outside in, inside out, then we know that we'll then present with incursions, with issues, including our immune system. So the skin microbiome helps to train the immune system to distinguish between harmful pathogens and good bacteria. And this is essential for immune tolerance and preventing unnecessary immune response because our body likes to attack things. So we've got to help calm it down. So if the skin microbiome can stimulate the production of antimicrobial peptides by skin cells to control the growth of pathogenic microorganisms on the skin and play a role in the innate immune system, looking after inside out, outside in is essential. The immune system impacts the skin microbiome. So the immune system, that T cell, uh, continually monitors the skin microbiome to detect any potential threats. So in response to pathogenic microorganisms or damage to the skin, the immune system may trigger an inflammatory response. So this can impact the composition and the diversity of the skin. So are you saying that essentially the skin is kind of the lookout, the watchtower for the immune system? Is that kind of what you're alluding to? You yeah. can nearly say it like that. Well, you've actually got people living in the watchtower, which is the immune response. Yeah. And if you think about being the wall of the castle, so the skin is the wall of the castle and, yeah, okay, that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah, so that's why it's really important to not let any permeability happen. So if you imagine in your digestive system, that's the same thing. So when people walk around and say, I've got leaky gut or intestinal permeability, the wall of the intestine has been permeated. The intruder has been able to enter, which then creates the T-cell response. So I'm going to throw one at you that I didn't pre pre-order. <laughs> if, if you have uh and obviously a lot of people that that you and I both see and lots of practitioners see end up with leaky guts, really really common situation. Mm. Do you know how the skin then responds? What is the skin's response in 
uh, in relation to somebody who presents with leaky gut? What is happening on the outside of the body that impacts the inside and vice versa? We know obviously leaky gut, you end up often seeing eczema, psoriasis, all kinds of other inflammatory skin conditions. But what's happening from uh, from a uh, reciprocal relationship point of view in terms of communication between skin microbiome and gut um, what is that system? Yeah, so to what I know, the disruption of gut microbiome, if you have then dysbiosis, as we we're mentioning before, then you have uh, from stresses, environment, from foods, from antibiotics, from what's happening, you can then lead to this intestinal permeability. And then what happens is what what was not passing through can start passing through and trigger immune responses from within. Yes. But then your body then starts to respond even to things that weren't the enemy. They made them become triggered. Mm. And this is an interesting one because even from a skin point of view, from a, from an outside point of view, what we put on the skin, and I've been in this industry for 20, 21 years. I'm not going to age myself either. Um, but I, But so often... I hear people say, oh, I'm, for example, I'm using this deodorant. I've used this deodorant for 10 years. I've never reacted. Now I'm reacting. You know, I'm using yeah. this particular perfume, this particular body wash, and suddenly they're reacting. So this is also what you're talking about. Is exactly. Yeah. So you're saying essentially that almost shows you that there's an intestinal permeability there already where the mm -hmm. body from the outside is reacting in a similar way it would react to on um, to assaults from the inside because yes. there's a permeability factor that is so interesting and something we're not really considering yeah I've got it I could really geek out with you and show you a really good chart but I think whenever I meet patients when I see patients I think medical nutrition lifestyle and environment so medically where they are what are, what's happening what's their genetic predisposition so nutrition, what are they eating, what do they change, where have they been? All my patients that like to visit Bali, they're fun ones. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that 50% isn't of the population these days, certainly 50% of Aussies? <laughs> yeah, because you have this commensal bacteria that lives in your gut. And then if you've got an intruder, they're all in fight mode really and it's about then the debris that's left behind and how your body then responds. Mm. Like I have a lot of patients unaware that they've got an incursion and sometimes rather than just feeding and nourishing the gut and supporting the gut, we may need to also eradicate the intruder. Mm -hmm. So really understanding then when people then come to me, you sort of think, well, medical nutrition lifestyle, where have you been, your environment, what, where have you walked? Yeah, have you also, you know, a lot of people might have been taking antibiotics for their skin as well or they might have had ear infection, all this sort of stuff. And then stress, just stress alone. Like there's a lot of research on stress and eczema, for example, but then you have to have also underlying this weakening of your um, defence mechanism within and that intestinal permeability. And that's yes. how you can get to a what they might even call a flare mm -hmm. or you might find... Yeah, the number of times I have people say to me, if I take a food out of my diet and then try and put it back in, does that mean I become sensitive to it? Yeah. I go, a lot more complex than that. So if we have now the knowledge and with research, the whole gut microbiome space is growing. I gave a talk not so long ago to my, a couple of weeks ago to my colleagues and said, what an exciting space to be in, including yourself, where what we're learning is also the advice we're giving in real time. 
So yes. we're not waiting for all the textbooks right now. We're getting these tools coming through now to offer more and more help for our patients. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and if you attend to nothing else when you're talking about being somebody who has any sort of inflammatory conditions, if you're attending to the gut microbiome and, and the skin, you're going to set yourself up for some level of success straight away. Let's go a little bit deeper into the reads here for those of us who are here to, to geek out a bit like you and me, but I know we have a swag of, uh, of listeners who love doing this. How do, use the term skin signaling systems, which I, I see a lot when I look, look at this research, how do skin signaling systems work to mediate communication between the immune system and the skin-associated microbes? Yeah, skin signaling systems is very sciencey and molecular. Mm. I apologize to everybody who <laughs> hears this as blah 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 blah. Just fast forward about a minute and a half, or maybe five. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be difficult to understand, that's for sure. But let's break it down. So, coal-like yeah. receptors are a group of proteins found on the surface of the skin cell, and when toll-like receptors detect a pathogen, they trigger an immune response. So, fight, fight, fight such as the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines. And mm -hmm. think of those as soldiers. Now, this pattern recognition receptor also recognises microbial molecules and influences the immune response in the skin. So these receptors distinguish between different types of microbes and fine-tune their immune response. So they may be able to pick out the bad and the good. So pro-inflammatory cytokines mediate the communication between the immune cells, the skin cells, and the microbiome. Mm -hmm. So they're like the messenger. Yep. So you're talking about essentially little soldiers that are manning the fort on the skin that are then signaling the immune system to react. Can you give me, if you can, a practical example of something that may happen or a patient that you can think of or a generic idea? Yeah. How how does this um, give me a practical example. Yeah. So if we go back to, in reference to gut microbiome, okay, back to that intestinal permeability, what happens with someone with celiac disease, for example, and they're being found to have what they call glidins or anti-glidins that are circling in the bloodstream, what that really means is that if the gluten protein is passing through it arouses the immune system because the protein is now permeating through when it never used to. There's these things called tight junctions that keep our villi structure together. Yep. So if the protein passes through because there's no tight junction, there's no, it's like an intestinal permeability. If you have the genetic predisposition, your body will then start responding to these glidins and they start creating a reaction and then sends more messaging out to the gene to then create more T cell response and that cytokine response, which is basically inflammation. Inflammation, yeah. So the the incursion, so of what your now your body's sensitized to, then creates the reaction. Okay. And is that also why people who are celiac or highly gluten sensitive would also be looking out for labels on their skincare and body wash, et cetera, that would need to be gluten-free, so no wheat derived, et cetera, so that they're not applying those gluten-saturated products to their skin? 
or even working with flour if I'm kneading dough but I'm not eating it and I'm celiac? Is it a similar type of thing that happens? Well, working with dough, yes, because of airways and yeah. breathing. I have had experiences where patients have been bakers, for example, and they'd actually have to change their profession. Wow. In reference to topical, now that would be a good question. I work with um, a world-leading professor in dermatology, Professor Morell. I can come back to you with that one. Yeah. What I do know, though, and it'd be interesting, I should ask her, with people with dermatitis pediformis, again, that comes from within, I don't know the answer of topical wheat. We are told that if you're not digesting it, you wouldn't be creating a response. Mm. But when you think about it, with dermatitis pediformis, which is a little different, or you've got some patients, I did a presentation about the truth about gluten sensitivity, there's actually four conditions around gluten, and I can go on about this, but I'll try not to. We'll, we'll is... save that for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good one. But basically, um, p- people can be also reacting to wheat at an IgE response. Yes. So it may not be a celiac person that may not tolerate wheat-containing products, but it could be someone that's got a wheat allergy problem, yep. which is more of an environmental. So to answer your question, the possibility could be there under the IgE response, but yes. I can definitely come back to you. To yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting one. I mean, it's obviously not quite related to what we're talking about, but it just makes me think because quite often we will have even people, you know, perusing our ingredients list and formulae and asking, you know, is there any wheat-derived ingredients? And some people might think that's, you know, that's going a little bit too too deep. But no, it is re- the reality is for some people they will react to to a gluten-containing skincare product, for example. We'll we'll save that one. We'll bench that one for when we have your answer on that one. I might I might just say though, working with the professor, uh, if you were using high perfumed, high chemical, then when I hear, or when she particularly hears people using, you know, uh, products that are high in salicylates and amines, you yes. know, that can trigger rashes. Yeah. So yeah, if it's not wheat, it could be like a food chemical. So where the the natural, the natural products, if they're high salicylate and they've got food sensitivities of food chemicals, yes, you may react to on your skin. Yeah, sure. and look, this is this is an interesting, very quick segue here because um, while we are a natural perfume company and everything we do is hundred percent natural, if you're somebody who's highly reactive, and we and I often have this conversation with people who are have MCS or multiple chemical sensitivity, yeah. um, it doesn't mean that you won't you will never react to a natural and and we know because you know can be working in the garden and picking lavender or whatever and and end up with a rash natural doesn't mean no reactions it just tends to mean no chemistry no chemical reactions if you're reacting to you know mm. specifically to chemicals to synthetic chemicals in the environment but if you are a highly reactive person high food intolerances etc exactly right if there's high level of salicylates which can be a naturally derived or synthetic molecule in your perfume, you may still react. Um, so it's just a really good, um, quick, uh, diverting topic for people who are like, hang on, I've tried everything. I'm also trying naturals. Why isn't anything working? So if mm. we address the underlying food sensitivities and gut permeability, often that issue kind of works itself out as well. So that's that's a really good point to make. So more reason why we're going to look after our gut health so we can not have issues with products in general. 
Correct, exactly. <laughs> yes. And wear more one seed perfume. I'll just throw that in there. There's <laughs> <laughs> healthy skin diet book out there. Yes, exactly. We're a match made in heaven. We're, we're doing well here. We're we're totally not spruiking for ourselves and one another. <laughs> we will spruik your book. Yeah, exactly. We will spruik your book at the end too, Geraldine. That's going to be really, really important because lots of people are going to want to dive a lot deeper into this topic. So we will definitely talk about that. And you can have a good forty-five seconds to you know fly your own flag. Um, <laughs> We know we know that there's a dynamic community of bacteria, fungi, viruses, and mites, like you've already talked about in the beginning. Um, that exists on hu- human skin when it's healthy, and technology reveals that this this changes during disease, which. Um, funnily enough, reminds me of the way that human breast milk responds to, for example, a nursing infant. We see changes in the 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 um, the quality and the you know percentage of fat, etc., in human breast milk, which just blows my mind every time I think mm. about it. Um, what has our culture of the kill the germs? sort of thing that we endeavor to do what has that done to our skin floor especially during covid where everything was like let's kill absolutely everything because we're terrified and and what kind of health impacts have you seen clinically from taking that position yeah i think our culture of kill the germs and excessive use of antimicrobial agents such as hand sanitizers, strong disinfectants, most certainly has the potential to disrupt the delicate balance of our skin flora, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, these measures will put in place to stop the spread of infectious disease, though can have long-lasting potential impacts on skin flora and health, uh, basically a disruption of the skin microbiome by killing not only harmful pathogens but also beneficial microorganisms on the skin it can disrupt the diversity and the composition of the good bugs that live on our skin microbiome. And this frequent hand sanitizing, hand washing can basically strip the skin of its natural oils, dryness, irritation, itchiness, and disrupt the skin's uh, and the skin's gut barrier, but also may exacerbate skin conditions such as eczema, dermatitis, and weaken the skin's innate immunity. So basically the overuse of these antimicrobial agents and sanitizers could even lead to an antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Mm. And that's a worry because we all think don't take too many antibiotics orally, but what are we doing to our skin? Where is our natural defence system going? So there's increased reports of hand dermatitis now since this time. There's exacerbation of pre-existing skin conditions, acne, psoriasis, atopic dermatitis, and there's definitely been change in acne patterns due to just the frequent uh, face uh, mask wearing um, where the mask is actually sitting. So I think that the journey is that we need to harness that natural barrier that lives on our skin and we need to replenish. Yes. It also does make me think that, I mean, we, we how far are we from sort of the, the hard COVID, like maybe 18 months down the track, let's say, but it makes me think, I mean, how many people are just getting continuously sick? I've got friends who've got kids that seem to be sick every every month now. There's just these reoccurring infections, even in people who ne- who would consider themselves to never have been, you know, constantly sick before or maybe that you know once a year I get a cold flu and now they're sick every few months mm. it does make me think that it's not it wasn't just sort of our lack of exposure to people and environments that are doing that but potentially this overuse of sanitizing agents and constantly washing our hands and getting rid of all the good bacteria that's caused this longer term it's certainly at least medium term downstream impact 
on our immune system. Would you say that was true? Yeah, I think so. And I think also too, like I know particularly these days we've got a lot of people that are just not nourishing it, their gut microbiome either. So yeah. imagine getting it from both ends and they're fasting and intermittent fasting and missing breakfast where you know, just the fact of eating less fibre reduces 1.6 years of healthy life in your lifetime just because you haven't had enough fibre on a daily basis. So I'm seeing a pandemic of people with terrible gut health, terrible immune system, inflammation, and pretty much unhappy. Oh, and unhappy. That's that's a really interesting one too. And you know what? I know you're saying unhappy because they don't feel good, but at the same time, the the the, the gut brain connection is massive, right? So you, you're saying unhappy because their bodies don't feel good, but also their minds don't feel good either. That's right. That yeah. gut brain is. Uh, it's you know we know that if you're not uh, nourishing your gut, you're not producing those short chain fatty acids, which are systemic through your body. The production of positive short chain fatty acids will then lead to anti-inflammatory, anti-aging, and basically um, will help your body proliferate those good metabolites for a healthy life. So let's nourish our body from inside out. Yeah, absolutely. That has to be the first port of call for sure. Ironically, it's the high-income in- countries that are affected most by this, and, and research suggests that there's profound changes in skin microbiota, which is contributing to chronic inflammation, which is what you're talking about, and even autoimmune disease. So we're seeing this stuff. It's not the third-world countries that are that are encountering this. It's more, you know, Australia, the UK, the United States that are ha- really seeing this. Um, these these exacerbated, extended, prolific cases of autoimmune diseases and inflammatory responses. Can you talk to that at all? Yeah, so inflammation is a complex biological response that plays a critical role in the body's defence against infection, injury and other stresses. So while acute inflammation is a necessary and beneficial process, chronic inflammation can lead to a range of health problems, which is what we're seeing, including development and exacerbation of various diseases. So the relationship between the skin and gut microbiota and systemic inflammation is complex as well, and it underscores the importance of the whole body approach to reducing chronic inflammation. By promoting this healthy gut microbiome, supporting the body's natural defences and making lifestyle and dietary changes, individuals can take steps to reduce this inflammatory trigger and improve overall well-being. So it's advisable to also working with your healthcare professional because once you understand what condition you're managing, we can actually provide a targeted solution. Yeah, absolutely. Can you explain uh, briefly why inflammation occurs? I think most of us understand that, you know, inflammation, you know, if you're not treating your body well inside out, outside in, in you're too stressed or whatever, inflammation occurs. But why does inflammation occur and then stay? And then how do we attend to it? And and yes, from a gut point of view, but also also specifically to the skin microbiome. And then thirdly, do we need to just take a whole body approach or should there be a very specific um, segmented approach to inflammation? Yeah, I think, like you say, like it's really important and we we're saying it. So if no one's got the message, let's look at after our gut microbiome. <laughs> yeah. So we want to balance. So we want to just, dysbiosis refers to that imbalance as we mentioned before. And so looking out to see if there's this gut permeability, if there's this translocation of bacteria and microbial 
bile um, components into the bloodstream that will create that systemic inflammation. So number one, looking at the balance of your gut microbiome, look at what's being triggered, look to see if uh, there's also certain bacteria that are stimulating pro-inflammatory cytokines, understand your barrier function, that's number three, the skin and gut service barriers that separates the body's internal environment and the external world. So if dysbiosis or disruption in the skin and gut microbiome can impair the barrier function, then we can actually help address that and reduce and downregulate an immune response by um, helping return that barrier function. So as you say, the chronic inflammation does need a holistic approach. So diet, of course, a balanced diet with adequate fiber, as mentioned before, will help reduce inflammation. Number two, pro and prebiotics. And we know that that can also help feed beneficial micro, microorganisms. So feed and promote and help restore, which will reduce inflammation, the stress, getting reducing stress, getting regular exercise, sleep. We all forget about sleep and also help modulate the immune system. And number four, topical skin care, using skin products that promote a balanced skin microbiome and support the skin's barrier function can also help reduce that skin inflammation. Yeah, amazing. What would be the real-life difference if we changed our hygiene habits from this focus of killing germs to one of supporting uh, a thriving skin microbiome? And, and what things do you suggest that we start to put in place on a daily basis to mm. start taking that approach? Yeah, well... And definitely with my experience with working with the dermatologist, it's changing that focus from killing the germs, as we were mentioning before, with all the COVID journey. Uh, supporting healthy, thriving skin microbiome can then have, a, have several real-life benefits, improve skin health, better immune health, and potentially uh, reducing skin issues. But as we know, everyone's skin is very unique and does require a personalised approach. Uh, what works for you or your sister or your brother, really knowing what you need at the time, customising. So it could be something, think about gentle cleansing, not always disinfecting. Mm. I think a lot of people want to jump in the shower. There's so many, there's a shortage of antibacterial washes, which is interesting because once again, why are we doing that when you may not need to do that? Mm. Looking after you know, moisture, hydration, uh, look at sun protection, very important. Then obviously all the dietary things that you can do, balanced diet, uh, managing stress, adequate hydration, and the microbiome-friendly skin care products that are now about to hit the shelf. Yeah, yes. <laughs> spruik, spruik, spruik. Yeah, and look, at, and, and the thing is, like, I don't want this to ever come across as a, as a this is not a spruiking podcast. I think the thing is that this, the research in this area is so exciting. I'm just really excited that we can be part of this kind of new wave of products that actually takes a holistic approach to skincare because this is not just about um, let's just release a new product onto the market. But I, I would like to be personally at, at myself as a founder and product formulator and, you know, with the company that I'm um, that I'm leading, I want to be part of a movement that says, let's take a different approach to the way that we take care of skin. Let's step back and say, what were our bodies designed to do and how do we get closer to maintaining the integrity of our bodies 
outside and inside so that we can work with our bodies and and everything can be in harmony because we're constantly fighting against nature especially in the beauty world everything is again you know beauty cosmetics whatever it's all about fighting against nature i don't want to do that i don't want to be part of the movement that fights against it i want to work with the patterns of our skin our bodies um, you know, and do something that's proactive that actually takes care and elevates health. So, yeah, I just don't want anyone to ever think that this is about let's sell the latest product because that's not what drives me at all. And this is, you know, why why I bring guests like you on because you know you know the stuff and you know the stuff that works. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just want to chuck that in. Um, what do you see as the benefit? I mean, you've sort of covered this already, but I want to just see if you've got something more specific to talk about here. The benefits of taking a natural nurturing approach to skin health and hygiene. So using products that nurture and restore the microbiome versus using products that likely have a number of chemicals and don't have synergy with our natural chemistry or biology. Yeah. And i tell you what, I think getting ready for this podcast, it really does open your eyes how you actually always say to patients when I'm helping them, you've got to know the car you're driving and help the person drive the car and yeah. don't the driver. You yes. need to help them. So I think really take a step back and look at maintaining a healthy microbiome or biome or biodiversity. And that includes outside in, inside out. And by avoiding products that are harsh, like I think it's with anything. Like I think a lot of people say to me, oh, Geraldine, what about if I go on a cleanse? What if I go on a detox? I mean, are we starving our gut microbiome? Are we doing something that's actually not, there's no such thing as resetting. It's about nourishing and nurturing. Mm-hmm. So by avoiding products with harsh chemicals, fragrances, you know, reducing the risk of developing skin problems, like you might find, you know, it's not dermabrasion you need like it's about nourishment and moisturizing for example for example to support the skin barrier and also protecting you from environmental stresses i think we fix the impact of the environment and we need to look at protection and obviously look out for then if you are having allergic reactions can we actually look to see well what's changed as we mentioned before like I hear that all the time, like I never had this before and I don't want to be that person that's got to take all these pills or I don't want to have to change the way I eat. But what if we need to look at then the role of your food, your fibres, pre and probiotics, but also um, your risk as well. There's also genetic risk and then understanding where we are and what we can apply to actually help you to nourish and nurture so it's important to note that not all synthetic chemicals are harmful, not all natural ingredients are safe, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Individual sensitivities vary and it's advisable to also look and seek medical advice as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and what I hear you saying, which of course is the way that um, that uh, naturopathic medicine is heading anyway or is, has been heading for quite some time is an individualistic approach. We can't take this one-size-fits-all or like here's the food pyramid, here's the healthy way to go, here's the healthy uh, probiotics. You very much have to engage uh, in being proactive about your own individual health and what works for you. So that that's a really, really important um, point to emphasize, I think. So it's it's important to note that there's no point in just using natural skin care and, and a nourishing, protecting, nurturing um, 
you know, doing all that from the outside without cultivating a lifestyle that supports a healthy body. And you've spoken to that quite a bit today. What would be your top three lifestyle suggestions for the biggest impact on both the skin microbiome and the gut health as well? Yeah. Well, no, those that know me, it's all about balance. So I think firstly, adopt a balanced diet with adequate fiber. So it's about not just total fiber, but types of fiber. So there's soluble fibers, there's insoluble fibers, there's resistant starch, the cooked cool potato. Uh, <laughs> wait, also- wait a second. We have to just emphasize this here. You heard it first from Australia's top dietitian. Go, <laughs> Geraldine. What are you saying about potatoes? Yay or nay? Oh, oh, she, she's doing a big tick. <laughs> All right. You heard it here. Eat some potatoes. If you look on page 157, I've got this warm salmon and potato salad with sauerkraut. Ooh, um, that so might be my dinner. Out of the Australian healthy skin diet. But it's also important to look at, you know, just even just total fibre. Like are we getting anywhere near enough fibre? So because that's going to be the fuel for our friends, our commensal bacteria. Now my second tip is probiotic support does exist. Now some studies have found probiotics have benefit beneficial effects on acne, psoriasis, dermatitis, anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, and immune systems. So again, specific bespoke probiotics, so lactobacilli, bifidobacterium strains, appear to have beneficial anti-inflammatory effects on skin cells. I've been some, doing some work again with prebiotics that can also prof- proliferate uh, lactobacilli, for example, HMO or human milk oligosaccharides as well. And so anything that is nurturing and flourishing, and yes, there is limited research in the topicals, but this is where we're going. So also supporting our healthy skin microbiome and the utilization of lactobacilli there as well. Mm -hmm. And there are two common strains of gut-friendly bacteria used in commercial products that I love to see. So particularly the lactobacilli salivaris, the bifidobacterium brevi, lactobacillus, I'm geeking out now, lactobacillus <laughs> have also been shown to have a positive effect on sebum production, you know, that oily skin and reduce the formation of early acne uh, lesions. So that's my tip about probiotics. Yep. And last but not least, my last thing will be, again, balance, healthy lifestyle, Pilates, bar classes, as we were saying before. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Yoga, whatever it is. Um, Make sure we're getting enough sleep, adequate hydration and uh, regular exercise and learning how to eat for your microbiome will get you looking and feeling great both inside and out by working with your body, not against it. Yes, amen to that. Working with your body, not against it. That's a massive takeaway. We're going to finish up here and there's so much information. I feel like most people are going to go, that was amazing. Let me pause, have a cup of tea and go back and listen to the whole thing again (laughs) because there's so much content here and so much that people can research and take away. Can uh, Can you tell everybody how they can find you, how we can find your book, which is called The Australian Healthy Skin Diet, your website, um, your socials, all of that? Sure. So you can easily find me on designerdiets.com.au. That's our website. We have a clinic here in Sydney, Bondi Junction, Cogra and Gaimia. We also offer telehealth, uh, have patients all around Australia and even overseas. Uh, You'll find my book, The Australian Healthy Skin Diet, 
again on the website as well as my handles. Now I might need to look these up. I might need to send these to That's you. That's all right. Yes, we'll definitely put links to them in the in the show notes yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh but yeah, um please reach out if you feel like you need that designed eating plan for your dietary needs. I'm here to help. Hormones, weight, bowels, skin and inflammation. Amazing. Beautiful. It's been such a pleasure geeking out with you today, Geraldine. I really appreciate you taking the time and and teaching us so much about microbiome and and how to take an outside in and inside out approach. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. I can't wait to do more. Find out more at unseenperfumes.com. And please don't forget to subscribe, rate us on iTunes and share us with your friends so we can all live a little more consciously.